Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to the Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So, if you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right but haven't yet found Mr. Right? Then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate, because love is coming for you, baby, in more ways than one. Hello, my loves. I have a real treat for you today. I am with the gorgeous Amy Rushworth, who is a healing, abundance, and business priestess to rebels. And you are, as far as I understand from your Instagram, Amy, about living from the overflow of ecstasy, abundance, beauty, and sensual leadership. Now that all sounds really fucking juicy and I love it. Can you explain <laughs> a little bit in layman's terms what like we've just been talking about before I press record, basic bitch. I don't know why, but I think I am actually a bit of a basic bitch in a lot of ways. <laughs> can you talk, can you give the like basic bitch version of what you do? Yeah, look, first of all, there's nothing wrong with being a basic bitch. <laughs> I, I'm like a weird basic bitch. I'm like the weird version of the basic bitch variety. But um, basically, in a nutshell, I'm quite a rebel myself. And I believe that women get to live their lives unapologetically. They get to be rich. They get to, ha- they get to have a beautiful life, lots of orgasms if they want. They get to be proud of themselves. They get to celebrate themselves. They get to talk about the naughty topics. And that's why I talk about the naughty topics because I'm spearheading that revolution uh, for women to be fully expressed and to live lives that really turn them on. And so those things that you mentioned, like ecstasy, you know, sensual leadership, beauty, these are the things that really turn me on. Like I want to live a life where I'm really grabbing life by the balls and every moment feels like a pinch me moment. And the way that I would describe it as like the vision in my mind, this this is literally how I like came up with my business vision. Me sitting at a table in like Greece or Italy, the sun is going down, there's like beautiful food on the table, there's music playing And I'm just like, yeah, life is amazing. And sort of my aim and my aim for all the amazing goddesses that I work with is to help them create that feeling in all the different parts of their life and in their healing journey. So that's what it means. Oh God, I'm getting tingles. Well, you're the, you really are the perfect person to speak to about this topic. And I just want to say like, I have sensed like, we didn't really know each other before. We knew of each other. We'd met a few times. And annoyingly, now we've got to know each other a little bit better. You've bloody moved over to Mallorca. <laughs> Although I am coming there in September and I will be coming to your amazing pad. Just so you know, I've just invited myself. But what, what's really interesting is I, there has been a shift in you that I'm really interested in. And I don't know how long exactly it's been because I feel like, you know, COVID has been this just weird time warp. But I've definitely sensed like a huge up-leveling in, I don't know, the last year or maybe a bit longer. And I want to know what what 
is that about? Like, you are a beautiful girl, woman, woman. You're about to turn 30 next week, same week as my lovely fiance, Joe, Leo. Love that. Um, you, you know, you're, 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 you're thriving. And I think you, you seemed that to me when I first met you, but there's something shifted and I want to understand more. Yeah. I've really been letting my in a bad bitch out to play. <laughs> uh, I guess the thing that sometimes people might not get from me, because a lot of times we make surface level judgments of people, right? So like a lot of people meet me and even like the clients that end up becoming totally obsessed and doing the most amazing stuff with me. A lot of the time when they first come across me, they kind of think like you were saying before that I'm a bit basic, like, oh, Amy's just like prancing around, just living life, blah, blah, blah. But in the background to all of that, I've always been committed to really deep healing. And my journey actually began because of like rock bottom with PTSD and a ton of like mental health problems. And so behind the visible shifts that you see when I'm like being super bold, being very confident, doing all these rebellious things, like becoming successful, living with radiance, there's always a really deep devotion to healing behind that. So I'm always, you know, embodying the healing practices that I teach. I'm doing deep work and I'm not afraid to like look at my shit. I'm not afraid to like look at my triggers. I'm not afraid to be like, oh, that really like fucked me off today. And I'm going to look at why and I'm going to like get empowered through it. And so the sort of quantum expansion that a lot of people have witnessed in me in the last like year or two years has been the, I guess, byproduct of a lot of healing work that's always going on and really um, being committed to being unapologetic, being committed to leading myself as a woman. And I guess it kind of like exponentially added up and I, I blasted into this new version of myself. And also a lot of that aligned with me moving to Mallorca, which you mentioned, because my environment is like such a big piece for me and my expression. So feeling really at home here. Mm, it looks, it really does look amazing. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that we talked about this when you interviewed me quite recently on your podcast, because what you were talking about, about the healing piece, I'm really interested in. Because the healing piece is not really the sexy piece, or at least that, you know, we want to manifest. Everyone wants to talk about manifesting. We want to get the money, we want to get the guy, we want to get all the stuff. And that's why my book, I, you know, the, part, the first part is heal. And no one really wants to read that bit. They just want to go straight to attract and commit. Tell me more about if you, as particularly as a woman, you want to have all those amazing things that you talk about having, which is great that we want to have those things. And we want to get into the magnetism. But why is the healing part so important? Yeah, I mean, anything that's coming up as a consistent pattern in your life, it's going to be in different areas for each of us. There's some part of you that is desiring it, right? Or it wouldn't be there, right? But most of us, we only want to acknowledge all the sexy desires that I mentioned and that are like in my Instagram bio. You know, we only want to acknowledge the desires of like ecstasy and pleasure and I want to make money and have a soulmate and live in beautiful exotic places. But there's like a sort of part inside of all of us that does like to suffer and it's it's a human thing because all humans want to be happy, yet all humans have something that causes them suffering. And so if you look at even the science around 
habits and behavior. Habits exist because there's some benefit, there's some payoff, there's some reason for it. And so there's some reason why we create suffering in our world. And so if you're just doing positive thinking or you're just trying to manifest through only thinking high vibe thoughts all the time, you're actually not really getting into the root of like, why is that thing showing up again and again in the first place? What part of you does desire it? Um, And a really good book for people to read if they want to go like deep into learning how to love these parts of yourself that are a bit fucked up, like the part of you that loves to be a bit scarce, the part of you that loves rejection, which sounds so absurd Mm. to your conscious mind. But the book that is amazing for that is called Existential Kink. And I love that book and recommend it to everyone because a lot of healing avenues for limiting beliefs are around like erasing the beliefs or releasing them. But sometimes we actually have to learn to love them and then they're going to release. But when we disown them, when we say, you know, I don't want to admit that a part of me is creating my reality or I don't want to admit that I'm attracting these people for a reason, it's just going to keep sort of ruling your life unconsciously. As Carl Jung said, you know, until you make the unconscious conscious, you, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. Mm-hmm. So um, healing is important, but also healing from a space of like learning to love the fucked up parts of yourself that mm. cause the suffering, that want the suffering, so that then those parts get liberated because you just accepted them and you love them. And that's kind of like the irony, isn't it? It's like once you actually accept it, then it leaves, but you mm. spend years trying to resist it and it doesn't work. So mm. healing is so important because, you know, otherwise you're only going to be um, – creating from a very like a consciousness of your conscious mind and so much of what is ruling what's happening is the unconscious Mm -hmm. which is where we're like diving in when we start to do healing work and particularly body-based healing work Mm -hmm. oh you that was such an interesting perspective on it and I love what you were saying about that we do we love the suffering it's like sadomasochistic isn't it it there's a weird um there's a weird pleasure that we get out of it And okay, so I was not expecting to to talk to you about this before we get into the main thing I want to talk to you about, but I I feel called to, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. One of those things we might call it shadow side, you know, um, that, and this particularly can get very associated with women, the feminine. Um, And I think absolutely, and I'm seeing it more and more shows up around our love life, whatever stage of your love life you're in. And that is jealousy particularly jealousy as it pertains with being jealous of other women or other women being jealous of us, whether that's because we have something they want or they have something we want. And usually what I've experienced is, is particularly in in long-term friendships, it's one of you has got that thing going really well and so the other person's triggered by it. And then the other one's got that, you know, so it's, you know, it's very, no, it's not very rare. It's absolutely possible to have all the great things at the same time. But but there's always something that we're desiring that we don't have. And then we can pro- be projecting that onto our friends and kind of really getting triggered by it. And I saw you did a really interesting, um, brilliant Instagram post a while back. And you said that someone had messaged you saying that they found you were being provotic, provocative. I think it was in a picture. Um, one of your mm. posts and you you had such an interesting response about that and it just made me think of this jealousy piece because I think that 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 they're, they're part of the same conversation so what are your thoughts on all of this 
Yeah, I mean, the first thing to say is like jealousy is a natural thing to feel for probably everyone. I mean, I don't know, I haven't lived in everyone's body, but I'm sure every single person has probably felt some kind of jealousy before in their life. So Mm -hmm. the first thing is not to disown it, as I was saying, and being like, I must never feel jealous because it's like, dude, that's like trying to pretend that gravity doesn't exist. Like it's going to come and fuck you up if you don't acknowledge it or you can work with it. Mm -hmm. So first of all, don't make yourself wrong, but we get to choose what we do with that, right? So the post that you mentioned, I said something along the lines of like, am I provocative or am I provoking something inside of you? Because to me, when I posted this image, I actually like didn't even think it was provocative because that's just the level of expression that I'm at and I'm often naked on the internet and things like that. Um, <laughs> I like didn't even think. I was like, what image was that? You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, but with jealousy specifically, you can go, oh, I'm jealous, and you can project that outwards onto the thing or the person that you're jealous of or some people are going to actually turn the knife inwards and be like, oh, I can't believe I'm feeling jealous. The thing that I hear a lot actually, which might resonate with your listeners is like a lot of women um, when their best friends are getting like engaged or having babies and they're still single, they have this horrible like conflict within because they're like, I'm so happy, but I'm also really jealous at the same time. And they don't know how to hold space for both. And here's the thing, you can hold space for both. You can have Mm -hmm. jealousy and also be really grateful and really happy for your friends. Mm -hmm. But you have to choose consciously what that jealousy means. And Mm -hmm. so the invitation that I would give to anyone who, you know, experiences jealousy is to look at it not as like, oh, you know, I'm evil, there's something wrong with me for having this feeling, but really look at, okay, well, what's here for me? Does this person have something that I desire? Does this person have something that I'm yearning for? You know, one of the qualities of the feminine essence and the energy is this like yearning energy, yearning to be full, yearning to be overflowing, Mm. right? And we can choose to make that yearning be like, I'm jealous, I'm in scarcity, I am whatever you say to yourself. Or you can say, wow, yeah, that's pointing to something that I really desire for my life. And I'm going to use this moment to really get reconnected to that desire and really to like tune into, you know, how much I desire love or how much I desire a relationship like that. And look at those people as what's possible for you without disowning the stickiness that you might feel having not had that yourself yet. So it's really about holding polarizing emotions at the same time, like that example that I gave. Um, And also something else you can do uh, is look at like the things that you're jealous of and go, okay, well, would I be willing to put in the work or the patience or the energy to actually get that thing? Um, And here's an example, like from my own experience. It's not something that really like fucks me up, but every now and then when I do like a YouTube workout or something and I I just started doing these Pamela Reef workouts and she is like so hot and like her body is amazing. And every now and then I'll like have this little thought in my head like, oh, like isn't her body amazing, you know? But it's almost like, oh, I wish I had a body like that. Mm -hmm. And then I catch myself and I'm like, "Mm, but do I want to work out for like three hours a day? And also that's her job. So she probably 
is just filming, you know, a lot and doing these workouts a lot. It's her career, right? And I don't want that for my career. So I'm like, no, I don't really want to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to have to like do all those things. So then it kind of puts me back into this center and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. You know, Um, so these are the invitations that I would give for anyone who feels jealousy and um, any really strong emotion or any strong like triggered sensation that you feel my uh, approach is to say what's here for me, right? Because it's happening inside of you. So you get to use that as like empowering information for yourself. Oh my God, you said so many things there <clears throat> that I need to circle back on because they were so good. And the, the thing that I, I loved, and I've not heard it said like this, but it was the yearning thing, women and yearning. Because my God, when I think of like Joe, my fiance, Joe can be like, oh yeah, I really want that. And that's it. He just gets on with his day. I yearn. I long for. <laughs> I obsess over. I can't get out of my fucking head. And that can be what causes <laughs> me, me to feel jealousy and feel triggered and all of those things in a way that he just doesn't. And of course, there are some men, the, the ego thing, of course, that's absolutely true. But I don't think there's the same yearning, like particularly, you know, with a lot of my clients who just, they long at the, from the core of their being. To, to find their soulmate and to have a family and to have babies. And, you know, I think that that is largely due, due to our biological clock. And that's why I love what you were saying about, you know, when in, in terms of um, what can really come up for women. And I've been on both sides of it, um, particularly around engagements and weddings. My God, it brings out the green-eyed monster in a just the most insane way. But why, you know, we, we don't want to, like, why is it that it seems that, just owning the fact that we are jealous is like the one thing we won't say. Like, why is it? We really, it's like, we, we're so ashamed of it. And we're like, no, I'm not jealous. She's just this, you know, we, we don't want to just say, yeah, no, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm feeling really fucking jealous. What's that about? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's trying to pretend that it doesn't exist because it's like not necessarily painted as like this sexy emotion, you know. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, it will come out in insidious ways. It's like putting a dog shit underneath the carpet in the living room and then like expecting that it's not going to stink, you know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, if you if you acknowledge it or you create a space for yourself privately to like feel into it, to be like, yeah, I'm a raging jealous bitch today and just like s- smash your pillows and be like, why hasn't anyone chosen me today, you know, and really like embody that, then it's not going to show up in like weird fucked up little ways where your friend shares some good news and you like say something salty and then you're like, why did I say that? You know, why, yeah. like, why was I so mean? Yeah. Or uh, where you start then picking fights with your partner or you start like creating dramas and you're not really even sure what you're arguing about and what it really is because it's actually like this emotion has been buried. So trying to bury it is kind of silly because it's there, right? So you might as well play with it, even have fun with it. You know, and the yearning thing I think is a really like cool one to make artistic because um, here's the metaphor that I give, right? You can look at like yearning for more as being like, oh, I don't have enough. I'm so scarce. I'm in scarcity. Like, oh, or you can look at it like 
say, you know, when you're having like really good sex, right? And you're like, more, more. And you're like, just give me more. Just like, come on. Mm. It's not because it's not enough. It's because it's so yummy and so beautiful and just so pleasurable that you're like, of course Mm. I want more. I can't ever Mm. get enough, Mm. you know? Um, And so you can look at when you feel that yearning, make instead of making that sadness that comes or that heaviness that comes this dark you know awful thing about you go lay in the rain in the grass and write a poem and like you know scream out for your long lost lover or go take a sad walk like outside by the beach and like sing to sad songs and just be feeling into the yearning right because it's gonna be there whether Mm. you like it or not so you get to choose like do I want to be you know, empowered in this? Do I want to feel the pleasure in this or do Mm. I want to like go immediately into the pain? And you see this with like BDSM, right? So what they do in BDSM when people are like doing those sort of torturous practices, they're getting pleasure out of it because they're choosing it. They're choosing the sensation as pleasure. Mm. And so in a way, when you have a sensation that comes up like jealousy or comparison, or you feel sad because you haven't met your soulmate yet, you actually get to consciously choose like, what do I create on this canvas? So go Mm. make your sadness fucking beautiful. Like go write Mm. a sexy, dark poem about longing, like for your long lost lover, you know, go and, um, you know, write a song uh, like be be with the sensation of it um, and that actually helps to like liberate some of the stickiness around things like jealousy and yearning it's so true and you know what I can say and I think any artist or creative would probably agree with me the best work I've ever created has come out of fucking misery and depression <laughs> and heartbreak you know it's I remember Damien Rice the singer like for ages, he was asked, like, when's your next album coming out? He's like, well, the problem is I'm really happy. I'm in love and I'm happy. Like, it's not, like, crazy. It's, like, healthy, happy, like, love. Because you remember that um, album from years ago, which had, like, the blower's daughter, and it was all just so tortured and beautiful. So that's so true, actually. Like, when I'm really happy, I don't necessarily, I want to just enjoy my life. I don't want to create deep, deep art, you know? So that's such, I love that way of thinking about it. And what I'm hearing from you with both the yearning and the jealousy thing, it's, it's about owning it. And and I, I'm going to just quote from um, a friend's episode. That, so in in, um, in Love is Coming, there's a chapter in the attract section called um, Oh no, it's not. It's in the first section, but it's called Thunder Stealer, and it was stole, it was inspired by not stolen from the friend's episode where Monica and Chana get engaged, and um, basically <laughs> Rachel ends up kissing Ross, and and then Monica like gets livid about it, <clears throat> and then eventually they they have all this silly drama, and then at the end Rachel just says, "Listen." Monica I'm so happy for you that you're getting married it just makes me realize that I'm not and I'm not even close it's like actually makes me emotional because it's it's that's exactly it like she does exactly what you said it's like I can be happy for you and I can feel sad it's not about Monica getting engaged it's just that because she's the closest that's gonna obviously she's gonna feel that more and I'm like what if women just communicated with each other like that instead of doing what we do and think I I don't want to be deemed seen as jealous I don't want to be a bitch so that's what happens like you said it comes out sideways and it creates more problems like you can't hide it so why not just like why if, if us women could just trust one another more that 
you know, it's okay to feel sad or to feel jealous. Like it's not, it doesn't make us wrong. It's a really human emotion. And so we need to stop beating ourselves up and stop fucking squashing it down because it doesn't, it doesn't work. I've tried. <laughs> I've tried so yeah. many times. Totally. Love it. Um, okay. So <clears throat> as you've said, like you, you live this really magical life right now. You're living with your gorgeous husband in Mallorca. Um, it just looks exquisite. And I want to know, uh, was it always this way? Were you always happy in love? What is, what's your sort of background in romance? Prior to Tristan, who I'm married to, who's a dream, I was so fucked up. <laughs> my, my love life was fucked. But also, like, in hindsight, and isn't hindsight such a gorgeous thing, it was all perfect because I wouldn't be the partner, the wife, you know, the force that I am in our relationship had I not like basically figured out who I was in love and in partnership mm. through a fuckload of trial and error. Like mm. I did some crazy shit when I was dating people. I like think of what you think is crazy and then times it by five. Like sometimes I tell people stories of things oh, I used to got, do. You've, got to, give, and I was you've like, got to give me an example, Amy. You've got to give me an example. Okay. This feels so edgy because I feel like I still have like a little bit of shame around this. But I was dating this guy when I was like 19 to 21. And it was like that textbook situation where he <clears throat> was – wanting to be in a relationship but didn't want like to be in a relationship basically and um you know I'm, I'm pretty sure he was like a drug dealer and he would like sleep around with loads of people I know and everyone would say to me Amy what are you doing you are so out of this guy's league but I was infatuated by him mm -hmm. and he literally could have done anything to me and I would have just gone along with it and it was that it was that unhealthy yearning um a distortion of the of the yearning that can be healthy where it was just like I would have done anything for his attention for his love for his validation and I remember there was this weird situation where like I was talking to his friend in a bar wasn't like flirting or anything and anyway he got like wildly jealous and was basically like don't talk to me and this was, this is so rich in hindsight because he was literally like fucking people that I was friends with and denying it. So, but I wasn't allowed to talk to anyone mm. else. And um, anyway, he like wouldn't speak to me. He wouldn't message me back. And I was going out of my mind. I was going crazy. I was checking my phone. I was trying to contact him on like Facebook and the, um, the phone. And I got really drunk and really high one night and because I, I used to be a massive party girl. This was like a very like toxic time in my life. And I remember thinking, I'm going to go to his house and convince him to talk to me. He'll think it's great that I'm there. It will be like this awesome moment. Don't know what I was thinking. And I, I was at my friend's house and there was this little kitten that had come up and was sitting with me while I was having a cigarette out the back. And I was like, I'm going to bring this kid in and he's going to think it's so cute and then he's going to talk to me and it's all going to be fine. So I like came, brought this kid in, basically let myself in the back door to his house with this kitten and he was asleep in bed with someone else. And I was in his apartment with this cat, <laughs> really high, and I was like, what am I doing? Why am I here? This is really bad. 
And then his housemate wakes up and sees me, didn't, didn't think anything of it because he was used to me being around. And I just like walked out the door. And I just remember thinking like, this is like the craziest thing I've ever done. This is so fucked up. Like, who am I becoming through this relationship? I need to like sort myself out. And, you know, I was like, you know, 20 or 21 at the time. And I just remember having so much shame about that, even for years after, you know, when I was very healthy and I'd done a lot of healing, being like, how did I do that? Like, how did love make me go crazy like that? Mm. Um, And what I sort of realized is that it wasn't really actually love. It was infatuation, you know, and a need to be validated by someone who in hindsight was actually being pretty emotionally like abusive towards me. Mm -hmm. Um, And even just the other day, I was just, reading something and I had like yet another breakthrough with this and I was like wow this is literally a replication of what my mum went through with her partner when I was younger she um was with a really abusive man who's like a narcissist and they even look the same like my mum's partner even looked the same as this guy and I was like I recreated that when I was 20 you know and so things like that. And I just used to date a lot of emotionally unavailable men and just really accept crumbs and pretend that I didn't care when I did. Mm. And I would sleep around quite a lot and, you know, drink a lot and not remember. And so, um, you know, there's been a lot of healing that I've had to do over the years to sort of like forgive myself for those experiences and just Mm. to forgive, you know, baby Amy, younger Amy for what she clearly didn't know. Um, you know, and I was just doing my best at the time and you learn and then you, you do better for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm, God, I relate to everything you just said there so much. Like, good thing we didn't know each other back then. It would have been very dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been been there with you in the cat cat on his head. (laughs) (laughs) I was a bit worried when you were saying about the cat, I was like, oh my God. She's not going to boil the cat, like, you know, in um, Fatal Attraction, where she boils the bunny. Fucking hell. Oh it wasn't as bad as I thought it could be. But yeah, those moments. And actually, this leads really nicely onto the next question I want to ask you. So, we're, you know, we've been talking about magnetism and, and in all different forms. And I'm interested to understand, like, so you're, so there was that version of you. And now there's the version of you who is is married, healthy, happy, like this really vibrant life. So what do you think are some things like you did and definitely I did as well and just women women do in general that hold them back from being magnetic in a healthy way to that love, that romance, that that relationship that we want? Yeah, I mean, when you live in a box, so to speak, which so many women are kind of conditioned to do or we think we need to be, we repress all of these different facets of who we are you know like even the version of me storming into this guy's apartment with the cat was like this wild part of me you know and when you support those parts of you to um you know thrive and to be expressed in healthy ways they don't then distort into crazy behaviors like going to someone's apartment with a cat you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and Um, If I look back on then versus now, I was repressing 
almost all of who I was, you know, through mm-hmm. alcohol, through drugs, through pretending to be the cool girl when I was dating. Um, and so those things will inevitably leach out or even explode out when you're taking, you know, alcohol, drugs, or you just reach like a breaking point of emotion, you know. So the thing that I think a lot of women can do uh, that I would invite so many women on the planet to do is to really take yourself out of these narrowly defined versions of what it means to be like a really amazing woman, you know, be a little bit wild, be a little bit crazy, be soft, be fierce, be sexual, you know, embrace your desires, speak your truth. Um, you don't have to be one thing or the other. I think a lot of people think, oh, like I'm the introverted one or I'm the one who's really good at uh, my law job and I'm the intelligent one or I'm the generous one. I'm the one who meets everyone else's needs. And it's like you can be all these parts of you. You can be multifaceted. You can be a contradiction. And I think Mm. when it comes to love and dating, this is a really big thing because so much of the time, and I know for me in the past, I would go on these dates and I would only want to show this tiny sliver of like being very cool, very calm, very collected, right? Which wasn't even true, right? Because I was going out on the weekend and acting like a maniac. (laughs) So I was trying to attract an authentic relationship and even authentic friendships by being completely inauthentic, Mm. by showing one facet of who I was, you know, one very narrow facet. So whether it's love or even business, you know, and what I do now, it's like the more you that you can be, the more aligned people and opportunities are going to come your way because they can actually feel the real you and they'll be into it. Um, But so many people are trying to be the cool girl, you know, they're trying to be this version of themselves. And it's like, let yourself be all the things, let your freak flag fly, Mm. you know? Mm. Yeah. That's it. I think it's it's what I'm hearing is you saying that essentially it's like telling one story as opposed to two. So we have like the version of me that is real. And back in the day, I think both of us felt the same in that. I was like, oh, I don't even know that. I don't even want to look at that. I don't really understand that. It's crazy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to perform. I'm going to put on a show of what I think you want to see man before me that I'm attracted to, who's clearly an emotionally available fuckwit. I'm going to like... I, I remember I used to literally like dress a certain way for a certain guy. Like I would literally, ad- I mean, I used to be an actress, so I knew exactly what I was doing. I was like, adapt my entire identity to whatever I thought that person wanted. And actually that's really repellent because we, we're not going to always be attracted to everyone, but I want, if you're not going to be attracted to me, then I want it to be like, like, let it be the truth. Like, like I want to show who I am to friends people I work with, men, whatever. And it's either for you or not for you. And that's okay. But that putting on a show, which I think we both did, you can only sustain that for so long. You cannot mm-hmm. live in a, a role, a, a constructed identity for so long, because at some point you're going to get drunk. You're going to, it's going to, the mask is going to slip. And then it's all hell breaks loose. And so I love what you're saying there. It really is. It's like, we don't have to, you know, that story that us women have for, for the most part of, I've got to be perfect. I can't, you know, I've, I've got to, I can't let any cracks show. And actually it's like, no, we are multifaceted. 
Our identity is very complex. We're allowed to have all these different parts of us. It's not to say that, oh, you're allowed to just go out and be a bitch and treat people badly. Of course not. We need to have responsibility and make amends when we fuck up, which we inevitably will do because we're human. But it's having that integrity. And integrity also looks like, you know what? I'm struggling right now and I, I acted out and I, and I, I didn't show up as, as, you know, as well as I wanted to, but I'm, I forgive myself for that. And I can just own that and apologize to you and then move on as opposed to like, like what we talked about earlier, squashing it down and concealing and hiding those parts of ourselves. What Mm. makes us magnetic? And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is, is actually like, is the messy parts as well as the, the sort of glorious, you know, less messy parts it's it's the it's all of it what do you think (laughs) Mm. yeah I mean real as fuck energy is magnetic you know people don't you know a lot of people describe me as magnetic in business right so I don't have like hundreds of people joining my programs because I'm like in a suit with a tidy background being like here is the five-step blueprint to manifestation, you know? They come because I'm, like, excited and I'll be, like, giggling and fucking up my words and just be like, just come join my program, you know? Because the people who are resonating with my vibration and my personality and how I am and the way that I speak and how I operate, they feel that and they feel the energy from me. They feel the authenticity, Um But if you're trying to be perfect, again, it's like putting yourself into this little box and it's not very relatable either. You know, it's, it's not about what we say. It's about how we say it and how we feel behind those words that we say. And vulnerability makes us feel, you know, related to one another. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, even if you think of the moments where you had a deeper trust that came about with a friend, it's usually because, you know, they gave you that really long hug when you were ugly crying on their shoulder with snot everywhere and they were there for you, you know. It's it's not when you sat and had a perfect macchiato for Instagram. So yeah. it's, it's so funny because our ego is always like, everything needs to be perfect. I need to say the perfect things on the date or I need to say the perfect things in my business. And it's like, there is an energy that is far more powerful that is felt. And it's not, mm. it's not felt through perfect transmitted words. It's felt through your truth and who you are and letting yourself shine. And the thing is not everyone will be into your authenticity, right? But that's the thing about truth and authenticity Mm. is that when you really are who you are and you stand for that, there'll be people who don't like it, but there'll be people who love it, right? And that's like a really like deep one for a lot of us to wrap our heads around as women because there's a part of us that's like, I want everyone to like me, you know? You know, that whole thing of like, you know, in terms of business where it's like, if you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. And I think that's the same as goes, like I, I've been described many terms in my life as marmite, marmite, love or hate me. Um, and, and I, the thing is that like, oh, I, I like love and hate that because the ego, actually my ego quite likes it. I'm like, I'd rather you hate me than be indifferent to me. <laughs> <laughs> because at least I know I some I stand for something and I like you know what I mean I, I think it's that sort of like I don't really care either way that that grates on me but 
uh, yeah, that that other part of us, that the the sort of wounded fem- feminine that needs to be accepted and loved by everyone. And it just doesn't work. But what we don't have to do, we, you know, is just understanding we're not for everyone and we don't have to be for everyone, but we can still be kind and uh, respectful to everyone. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to be like either love me or you're a fucking bitch. You know, it doesn't have to be that extreme. So, yeah, I love that. So what about, um, okay, if you're single, and most of the listeners um, tend to be of this podcast, how can you get into that magnetic energy to, to, to help you facilitate calling in that soulful, sexy, exciting relationship? You cut out for a second. Would you be able to repeat? Sorry, the yeah, I think the signal's gone a bit shit. So, just saying for for the listeners um, of this podcast who are single, what tools or what things can they do to help them get into that magnetic energy to help facilitate calling in their their soulmate, that like incredible, deep, sexy relationship that they yearn for? Yeah, so this is not the sexy answer that your ego will want to hear, and it is scary. This is the thing. You need to get to know yourself really deeply and your only job is to really shine that, right, and to really own that, to get behind that, to lead with that. So figuring out, you know, who you are, what makes you tick, what is important to you in life, in your future, uh, you know, what's your vision for your future in terms of money, in terms of how you navigate conflict in a partnership uh do you want to move overseas are you happy living where you are do you want a big house do you want to like not have any house like think about all the things that you really desire and that really light you up and inspire you and also on a more emotional level getting to know like who you are like what are your what are the little fires inside of you that ignite you know what is important to you in life what upsets you what inspires you because the more that you know all of this about yourself the easier it is when you're out there dating to identify anything that is not in alignment with that and also the more that you own those things you actually naturally repel people who don't want that, which is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And you're going to call in and be really alluring to the kind of person who wants that. So for example, imagine if I was single now, right? I don't want to go on a date with someone who thinks that spirituality is bullshit or that I'm a witch or that I'm like taught the things that I talk about are fake and weird and like, telling me that it's not real like I I don't want that and so obviously I would go out and I would shine those parts of myself and be like this is who I am I own that and the person who you know may not be into that but they're like oh that's sexy like that's interesting to me they're gonna find that alluring and enchanting but Mm. if you don't know those things and you don't really have clarity on that of course, there's going to be this wishy-washy energy when you're dating and you'll probably just be, you know, captivated by whoever's giving you attention rather than actually shining your light so that the right people who want that thing can, you know, they can see you, they can feel it very easily from you. They're attracted to it. So it's the same with everything really, like friendships, business. It's like the more you that you can be, 
it's braver, it's scarier, but you're going to get way more amazing results and you're going to manifest things completely differently because people are going to be really into it because they genuinely are into who you are. Mm, I love that. I love that. It really is. It's about connecting in with yourself and and the more, you know, you just own that. It's it. The, yeah, the right people can't help but be magnetized and drawn to you. They will find you irresistible. And again, it's not about being perfect. So I love that. What about what about those of us who are, I don't know, say nearly six years into a long-term relationship? And so we had that magnet magnetic thing going on, but, you know, it can, and it can come back, but it's, you know, wants, uh, want to experience it more, want to feel that sort of like, chemistry and like connection and sexy magnetism more inside the relationship yeah so I think it's there's a few parts to this right so there's a lot of conditioning and there's a lot of like projection that is imprinted our awareness of what like sex should be what attraction should be even what love should be you know and The thing is, when you are like deepening your intimacy, when you're with someone for a longer period of time, there are going to be moments where, you know, the the chemistry is like different to how it was before. Or there's periods where it's, you know, you're doing different things in your lives or you have children or, you know, whatever it is. And so it's actually recognizing that intimacy, attraction, love, they have, they have different manifestations of how they might look and feel at different times. Mm-hmm. But if you want to bring more of like that spark back and that's something that you're both consciously desiring, um, working with polarity is really interesting. You know, there's a lot of interesting teachers on this, like David Dida. He's got a book called Intimate Communion. That's a really good book. Um And really like looking at like who assumes the more masculine energy in the relationship, who assumes the more feminine, do those roles shift, do they change, how do we play with them, how do we make art with them. And then in terms of sex, I think it's like making time for things like maintenance sex and recognizing not every time you have sex with your long-term partner, they're not going to throw you against the wall and make love to you in a meadow every single time. You know, sometimes it's going to be in your pajamas, like um, just before bed, and it's not always going to be mind-blowing. But the point of the sex and the connection is, you know, to deeply connect to one another, to be Mm. intimate. So Mm -hmm. not judging how it looks after time goes on and continuing to like recommit to like, how do we bring passion? How do we bring adventure? How do we bring connection into our relationship Mm -hmm. in a way that works for our current lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Um, Like for me personally, right now, my husband is building a business and it's like a crazy business model where they work like crazy hours and Mm. I sort of see him but I don't really get to deeply connect to him so we've had to really work on like how we connect as a couple because for me I need to spend a lot of quality time with him to open sexually to feel really turned on Um, and so Mm. it's always like a work in progress but Mm -hmm. I think the key is like communicating and thinking about okay how do we bring adventure passion excitement connection to where we are now Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I think I love what you said. It's like, you know, everything has its season and, and long-term relationships go through their seasons. And, and I think, it, you know, an important thing with regards to sex is actually quality, not quantity. Like, 
it, you don't have to be like, we must have sex this many times a week in order to keep up, you know, <laughs> so that we're still got it, you know, which I was in for a time. And actually, it's more now we do. Like, I'm like, why do we do this more? It's like, this is so good. But it's, you know, you, you, you're busy and you're, you've normalized to the relationship. So it's understandable that there isn't that newness that makes you like literally have sex eight, eight times in a night. I mean, I don't even know. I've, I've literally, <laughs> when I think back to that, I'm like, who has the energy? <laughs> but that was its time. You never, you never know. I'm sure it'll come back to that at some point. But um, yeah, I love that. And I, and I also love the, yeah, you have like finding what works for you for us, like festivals. We met at a festival. And so that it's always been quite, an imp- and traveling has always been quite an important way for us to, to re- like reignite that chemistry. And unfortunately, because of COVID, those have been very sparse, both travel and festivals. But we are going to Wilderness, where we met next week, where it'll be our six-year anniversary. So that's very exciting. Okay, so just a couple last little questions for you, darling. What love life advice would you give to your 15-year-old self? I would tell her to respect her body more, you know, to Mm. recognize that you know, sex is a sacred practice, you know, it's a sacred act and it's like a privilege for someone to get to, you know, enjoy and experience my body, you know, and to to be inside of me and to enjoy me and to create that experience together. Um, and so even if it's like spontaneous sex or non-monogamous, like lovemaking with, you know, a random lover, that's not really mm. like, the important thing, but I think the important thing that I would have instilled with myself is like to recognize that like my body is a temple and I should make choices from a place of respect rather than from validation. Oh God, if you're telling that to your 15 year old self, can you tell my 15 year old self at the same time (laughs) while you're at it? Amazing. I totally resonate with that. Um, Okay. What's one thing you don't want people to know about you? Ooh, I'm actually like quite sensitive. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. Like a part of me wants people to know that, but I get maybe part of my ego. It just cut out. Know. How annoying! It just cut out at the one point. I was like, "What's she gonna say?" And it went deadly silent. And then, <laughs> say it again. Say I it again. So. It's weird because one part of me does want people to know, but another part of me doesn't. I'm actually quite sensitive. So I'm like quite a sensitive person inside, even though I am unapologetic and I'm very bold and I've got this like Leo energy going on. I'm also like really deeply sensitive as well, Mm. a part of me. Um, but also the, as I was talking, the other thing I was thinking about is like, I'm actually quite messy and, um, people don't think that I am because I have like Virgo rising. And so the first impression that I give is that I'm very put together and very neat and very like, you know, aesthetically pleasing, but uh, you know, I'm actually like a little bit messy to be honest. Well, then you're, it might, must be a Leo thing because my fiancé is really bloody messy as well and you're only a few days apart <laughs> your birthdays. Um, but he has, I have to say, he has got much better since we've like got our own house and he's got a new BMW. So he's like, I'm like, now you're keeping it. I'm like, so it was always in you. He's like, yeah, I just didn't really care before. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Okay. Um, uh, this has been amazing. I could speak to you all bloody day, um, Amy. It's been so great. Um, where can people find out more about your work? Uh, on Instagram is a vibe. So my Instagram is this is Amy Rushworth. Uh, my website is amyrushworth.com. And uh, if you want to come like do healing and more live experiences, then I also have a membership. It's called Orgasmic Ascension and it is as juicy as it sounds. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I was like, I've already written that down. I was like, we must mention Orgasmic Ascension because it sounds fantastic. I love it. Sorry. I'm just aware that there's, the sound's been a bit in and out and I don't know if it's, it fits you or me, but it's fine. Um, we will plop all, plop. That's like the opposite of orgasmic ascension. We will plop all of that information in the show notes. What? Tell me what happens in the orgasmic ascension. On the full moon, we do rewrapping breathwork, which is like the deepest healing ever. It's insane. Feels like you've taken loads of drugs at a festival. Oh, fantastic! Uh, it's a really good emotional release. Really good for like confidence and um, healing deep things. Uh, and then we also do master classes on the new moon. And then there's usually like a meditation for the month. We do like a different theme every month, and we talk about all the naughty topics, so like sex, sensuality, money, boundaries, inner child healing, all the things. I mean, so many topics in there. It's like a library of juiciness. So, yeah. Wow. Amazing. I love that. That's, um, that is definitely something to go and check out, guys. We will put the links in the show notes. So final question before we wrap up, Amy. What is the number one piece of advice that you would give to the single women who are listening who haven't yet met their person, uh, their soulmate, their life partner, and are really worried that they are not going to? You will meet your love. You know, you actually said this really interesting thing on our podcast, Persia, when you came on my show and you were saying how it's like, it's very like statistically improbable that for the rest of your life, you're not going to meet someone, you know, and sometimes we just need that logical reminder. But I think the, the thing to remember is like, you will get what you want. You just don't have control of the timing. All you have control of is the what and the why. What do you want? Why do you want it? And keep facing that as your true north and let the universe take care of the timing. Mm, Yes, preach it. That's what I say all the time. Surrender to the festival. Don't worry about the how or the when. Just, yeah, I love that. I really, really... um, I think that's so important and it's and that's true of anything that you want in life, isn't it? It really is. And it's so hard for the ego to surrender control. So hard. Mm. But it's the only way. It's the only way I've seen it ever work. This is amazing. You are amazing. You're gorgeous. You're radiant. I feel really uh, pumped up and excited um, for the rest of my day now having spoken to you. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your, your great rebellious vibes with us. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. 
To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.